Welcome to the Path to a Better Future on TalkZone.com. Now, here's your host, Jacqueline James Friedman. Hello and welcome to Path to a Better Future. I am Jacqueline James Friedman and today's topic on TalkZone Radio is on transitions. If you would like to join our conversation, the phone lines are open. Please call 888-463-6748 or 888-GO-FOR-IT. We are taking your calls on TalkZone right now. My guest today is Elena and she will be talking about how she chose to look at life's challenges in a positive way despite all the obstacles and the result of her decisions. Hi, Elena. Hi. Welcome to the show and thank you very much for giving up your time because I know you are a very, very busy lady. Well, thank you. I'm very glad to be here. <laughs> Elena, you know, you are absolutely one of the best examples that I have encountered demonstrating a young woman who left your country without the command of the English language. And I honestly see your story as one of a huge success. And I would be honored for you to provide the listeners of the steps you took to walk the path to a better future. So what better place to start with uh at the time when you decided to leave your country, which was the Dominican Republic, correct? Right. All right. So let's talk about that because you did not have any command of the English language and you uh, relocated to the, to the United States of America. And what happened then? Okay. Um, well, um, I came to the United States early on when I was about nine, um, but I made a decision that I wasn't ready to leave the Dominican Republic because I thought the education that I was going to have wasn't going to be as good as the one that I had in the Dominican Republic. So I went back to Dominican, but I was a green card holder, always having a choice to come and move to the United States. And um, I would say that I was always a big dreamer, and I always believed that big things could happen if you make a decision and you follow your dreams. So um, when I was 16, um, my aunt and my family kind of decided for me um, that I was going to move to the United States because the goal was that I was to become a professional and care for my mother because I was her only child. And that's the perception that they have in Dominican Republic, that your parents do everything for you and that you do everything you can for your parents. Mm -hmm. um, so when I moved to the United States, um, I knew just a few words in English, uh, very little English. And um, in one year, I was able to pretty much uh, communicate um, effectively, even though most of my girlfriends that I hang out with at school were spoke Spanish. So um, in my home, I stayed with my aunt and her family, and they all spoke English. Um, and... Um, we um, we decided that um, I was going to try to speak as much English as possible. Was it difficult? Yes. But mm -hmm. an interesting thing is that after about four months of hearing a new language, uh, something happens that you begin to understand it a little bit mm. easier and a little better. And what's interesting with that was that you didn't come and learn that language at a very young age, which is when you really learn the language very quickly. You were actually how old? Um, I was uh, 16 when I moved to the United States. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How did you learn the language? Did you go to school or, or listen to tapes or listen to radio? Um, uh -huh. Actually, I went to adult school in the evenings, and during the day I went to traditional high school and uh, what happened is everybody spoke to me in English, so something clicks in your brain when you're being exposed to a new language that mm. when you're inundated with it, somehow after a certain amount of time, you kind of start catching here and there a few words, and then somehow you kind of grasp the concept. Um, mm. So I would say that in about a year, I could communicate very effectively in English. 
Wonderful. Were you ever at all intimidated with the fact that you were learning the language and it was difficult to talk to other people that could speak the English language? Um, no, actually, um, at the beginning, I thought that I knew some English, even though I really didn't. So when people <laughs> would ask me a question um, that I thought I understood, I would answer. And if they looked at me funny, I would just say, oh, no, thank you very much. <laughs> So you were already thinking very positively about what your life could transform into. So the English language may have been an obstacle, but you thought very positively that you were going to speak this language and it was going to happen. Right, right. And actually, my sisters that uh, grew up in New York were very shocked that when I came a summer later, I could speak English with them. Beautiful. Beautiful. And so once you had the command of the English language, what did you do then? Did you look for work? Um, actually, I, um, after living here in the United States for a year, I was going to start my 12th grade. And my family kept asking me how I was going to take care of my mother when I became an adult. So I talked to an Army recruiter who told me that if I joined the military, um, they would give you a very good salary and they would give you a place to live and that you would be able to help your family. So I really had never seen a movie about Army or Navy or anything like that. But I thought, oh, well, that sounds perfect. So I think that's what I'm going to do. So um, I quickly kind of thought about the military because it would provide me the things I need, um, mm -hmm. opportunities for higher education, a place to live, a possibility uh, to help my mom financially, and educational opportunities mm -hmm. also. Okay. So did you go into the Army? No, actually, uh, my aunt came up with the idea of me joining the United States Coast Guard, and I initially told her that uh, the Coast Guard didn't have TV commercials, so I don't, I didn't know how good it was going to be because the Army really had a lot of TV commercials, and it sounded like a cool thing. And uh, but I'm a good listener for good advice, and. Uh, I ended up, um, she told me the Coast Guard was much smaller. She told me the Coast Guard had a better career path. So mm -hmm. the week of my 18th birthday, I joined the United States Coast Guard. Beautiful. Oh, and you actually stayed for 24 years, didn't you? Yes. And retired after, yeah. Um, let's talk about your experiences in the military, being someone with, uh, you know, now just getting the command of the English language and what that experience looked like for you and what your dreams were. Right. Well, first of all, I never knew about boot camp, which is very interesting. They just told me I was going to basic training, which I understood as meaning I was going to learn the basics. So when I arrived in boot camp and I had the whole boot camp experience, I really believed that my life was over forever. And that I was going to be in an organization where everybody was yelling at you all the time for the next four years. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but eventually I learned that it was basic training and uh, I moved to my first unit and I was very pleased when I got on my first unit and they told me about the different educational opportunities, how I managed my career and, um, uh, how I could uh, reach the goals I wanted. And initially, I was unable to go the career path I wanted because I was not a U.S. citizen. And I wanted to get in a career path that required you to be a U.S. citizen. So I had to overcome um, some of those a few obstacles, like having a background check. And while many people were going to school very quickly, I had mm. to wait close to two years before I was able to go to school. Okay. Um, so those those were some of the things that I encountered. By, um, but it was a good thing because I learned quite a bit about the Coast Guard. And the Coast Guard gave me a venue that was just perfect for growth and mm. for believing in myself. So I really appreciated that, and uh, I used that as I moved um, from one place to another. I um, I never um, 
thought of myself going to Alaska, but I ended up being stationed in Alaska. And uh, and in Alaska, it was um, very different. It was, uh, it, you know, it was it got light very early in the winter times, and yes. we only had about five five hours of daylight. Um, mm-hmm. But you met great friends, so I always just tended to look at whatever I was or wherever I was, what was, um, what, what, how can I look at it in a way that it would make my life more positive? And uh, so in Alaska, um, I had terrific friends, and we hung out together, and then my, my joy came when I moved from Alaska to Puerto Rico. So totally summery place, totally yes. fun, plus close to my mom that lived in the Dominican Republic. Right. And how did other people view you? Because, you know, you are, are just, the, the, you're just so positive, Elena. There's nothing that anyone can throw at you in, in the many years that I've known you and you will not look at, at look at it with, okay. Here is the solution, and this is how you're going to overcome this. Where did that start from? Um, I think that my mom may not have been a very good problem solver. Um, so I remember since I was very little that I used to um, tell her, like, Mom, this is how you solve this issue. And she would tell me, okay, you don't need to tell me what to do. <laughs> but I just believe that there were different ways to manage things. And uh, there is different ways of looking at experiences. So when I was in the Coast Guard, I was very lonely um, mm-hmm. because I knew no one that spoke Spanish during my early years. Um, so I um, ended up getting married, and um, and the marriage was not a successful marriage. But I felt very um, that that experience taught me a lot about the United States in general, that it wasn't a bad thing, that it was a, that it was a good thing because I was able to learn. I, w- I had a companion when I was really lonely, and mm. also I learned a lot about life in America and the culture itself. Right. So he somewhat exposed you further outside of the Coast Guard? Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and you said that that marriage wasn't very successful. How long were you married for? Um, I was married for five years. Okay. And is it true that you said you were very lonely in the Coast Guard? Is that true of most active duty members in the, in the military? Um, I think that when you moved in an environment that is so totally different, um, mm. it's difficult to to adjust because you're you're living a whole new culture, work culture, and the people that you're surrounded are people that may share your values or may not, and that definitely came from totally different backgrounds yes. than I did. So it does possess a. Um, you know, a, a situation in which you either go with the flow and have a really good time and learn from those around you or mm. feel excluded. And I chose to um, really just learn so much from those around me. And then those around me, in turn, always try to help me to reach higher goals. Wonderful. You know, I think it's a good time uh, to take a quick break. So hold on. Stay on the line, Elena. Okay. Uh, we need to take a short break. I'm Jacqueline James Friedman, and this is the path to a better future on TalkZone.com. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back to the path to a better future on TalkZone.com. Once again, here's Jacqueline James Friedman. Welcome back to The Path to a Better Future with Jacqueline James Friedman on TalkZone.com. My guest is Elena from Florida, and she is talking about transitions and how she overcame her personal obstacles. Hi, Elena. Hi. Okay, so just before the break, we were talking about um, the fact that you were lonely, you got married, um, it ended in divorce five years later, and uh, what happened after that? Um, after that, I decided that I was going to 
focus very strongly on my career. And um, I ended up deciding that I was going to go to school and that when I put my energy on myself, then um, then I would be able to reach higher goals professionally. So mm -hmm. for a while, I was in the Coast Guard and I had a job. Um, at this right. point, I ended up transitioning from um, having a, not just a job, but deciding to make this a career. Okay. Um, so, um, so I try things that um, to 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 help me on the growth path. For example, I decided right after that that um, I was going to run a marathon um, because I wanted to run a marathon because I thought it would show me that when things get tough, you just keep going. Mm -hmm. So I signed up to do the L.A. Marathon. I was stationed in L.A. at that time, and um, I was training to run this marathon, and I kind of got hurt a little bit. And, um, and so when it came time to do the marathon, um, I wasn't as prepared as I should have been. Uh, okay. So my friends had said, listen, if you want to run the marathon, anything that you run beyond 13 miles is a new, is a new mark for you. So don't worry about how much you can run. Uh, yes, it's 26 miles, but anything above 13 will be a new, um, a new thing for you. So why don't you try it? Because you really believe that you should try it. Um, and see how you do. And mm -hmm. regardless whether you do 17, 20 miles is irrelevant. So I ended up um, doing the entire marathon. And it took me five hours and 20 minutes. Um, and I walked the last. 10 miles, um, so, I was able to finish. Abs and that was you persevering and believing that you could get to the end no matter which way you took it, whether it was walking, running, you were going to end that race, right? Right, 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 which really in turn ended up motivating me. So I signed up and I did the New York Marathon and I did a lot of other marathons. So uh -huh. I always learned from that that, um, you may not do it at the speed you want to, but mm -hmm. when you set your mind to something, if you are really determined and having a support system of friends that, um, that help you, you know, when you have the little doubts, it's really right. good. It's really great. So you went for the marathon, and to me that's very symbolic with the way that you continue to live your life. Um, setting your goals and finding solutions to your obstacles and moving forward. So that was really, um, it's just amazing how you ended up walking that last 10 miles and you never gave up. And I've never seen you give up. So this is why I wanted you to talk today. Um, after the marathon, what happened after that? You, you had your career. What, what right. happened? Yes, uh, I met the most wonderful, supportive friend um, that became my husband and um, and he was really good at helping me um, whenever I needed a friend whenever I needed help mm -hmm. um, also um, that whenever I came up with a new goal and uh, life my life has always been <laughs> full of new goals yeah. um, he was really good about supporting me on the goals about um, I decided that I was going to go to school and I went to college at nighttime, and I ended up getting my degrees. And then um, I decided that I was going to transition and move from being enlisted to being an officer. Um, and that required uh, me um, taking this test. And there was this test that I had to take, and you can only take it once every six months. And if you want to be an officer, you have to do so before you're 32. So I started the process of going to school because I wanted to be an officer like the other officers. The, the, right. Most of the officers had an education uh, background, mm -hmm. and I didn't. You know, they had a, um, you know, academics to back mm -hmm. up their professionalism. And so I went and got my associate's degree, and I applied to officer school, and eventually. Um, I was selected and I was able to go to officer school. And then officer school just opened a whole new um, uh, career path 
I used to mm. working admin, and now I was inspecting ships. And I mm-hmm. picked that because it was something totally different than anything I've ever done. And um, one day I was inspecting this barge, and it was a totally dark place. It was very dark, and you're inspecting this barge, and uh, or I was doing an inspection, and I had to cross in an area that was very dangerous. And I remember telling myself, if I can inspect the barge, there's nothing that I'm not going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it was one of those cool experiences to validate, go for your dreams all the time. Do you have any fears? You know how sometimes we, we, we have our dreams, but we're still a little bit scared of pursuing them. And sometimes we continue to pursue or sometimes we don't do anything about it. Well, the thing is that the pursue is almost as um, a great learning opportunity. The pursue is what teaches you things. Um, mm-hmm. So learning and pursuing it is part of the process. Achieving the degree is great, but mm-hmm. it's the journey um, that teaches you those life lessons about how important it is to follow the things that you believe in. Very true. So you... You completed 24 years in the Coast Guard. Right, right. And? Yes, and um, I, we, you know, my family was separated several times during my, um, my time in the military. My husband lived one place and I lived in another. Um, I had two children during that time, uh, one mm-hmm. of them that we adopted. Um, at, and so it was complicated. It was very complicated because um, when we were separated and we would meet for the weekends, um, and at times my husband lived that way and I lived with the children, but the last two years of my military career, um, I lived that way, and I came home on the weekend to visit the house. So it was complex. Very, and I I totally understand that because my husband also is military and there's often been times in the last 16 years that there's been separation. So it that that is a tough call. How did you overcome that? Well, I would always. Um, I knew that the um, that they were there for me. But when I came back after finishing the twenty four years, it was quite a transition because mm. they were not used to me being around all the time um, and just me not having um, another career going on immediately. You know, everybody was living their own life, and, and I was kind of like an extra joining the team. Right. So it took us a few months to get back to the, to the groove of things, but um, um, I uh, right away, you know, ended up finding uh, new, um, new goals, and uh, I had never been able to be involved in politics. So mm-hmm. right after I retired, um, I was able to be a volunteer in a presidential campaign, and I was really excited about having that chance. Okay. Now, I want to talk about that in great depth um, because that, that's an interesting career choice that you made. Uh, you had absolutely zero experience, um, and I remember having a conversation with you because you're such a busy body and you can't sit still and you're very restless and you've always got to have something going on. And when you retired after 24 years with this amazing career, uh, I, I, I just could not see you sitting down and doing nothing. And I remember having a conversation with you and I said, Elena, what are you going to do when you retire? And you said, I'm going to go for politics. And I said, do it. <laughs> yes. I had no idea how you were going to because I had no idea who, who you were going to talk to. I didn't have any friends in that arena and I don't know if you had either. No, I didn't. <laughs> so so why p- politics? Where did um, that come from? Um, the politics came from the fact that we couldn't be political when we were in the military. Ah. So we couldn't be political, and I always found that interesting, but I really didn't understand the process. Like, how do people really get elected? What is the, um, you know, what work does it take? How, how, um, how do people make a decision to make politics a career? So I was just 
fascinated by it. And so I was, um, I became a volunteer and it was really funny because at the end of the, the, the 2004 campaign, um, I got a I was working. I ended up working for a week, and they paid me like $200. So I was so excited that mm-hmm. not only did I became a volunteer, but at the end of the day, I even got paid <laughs> for the work <laughs> I was doing. <laughs> so was that probably cool. helped you with the gas, right, with all the running yeah. around and the, yeah. 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 Um, did you ever at any point think to yourself, wow, this is a wild dream, Um there is so much to learn. There's so much to do here, and it's very complicated. Did you ever feel like giving up? No. On the politics side, no. It yes. Really, um, it really was um, very inspiring to me. Um, and so um, I decided that on the next big campaign, I was going to help again. And I lived in a community that is um, it's a, it's a community that is much more um, um, I would say conservative. Um, mm-hmm. So, but um, when President Obama ran for office in 2007, they opened a little office there, and I was just, uh, I was thinking, wow, if in a place like this, this man has an office, then obviously, and it wasn't the office was not, it was an office run by volunteers. So that inspired me to go and help that particular campaign and more than anything because I thought, wow, having an office run by volunteers would be a great thing. And um, I ended up um, really, truly learning about the process of how elections work. I really did learn, and um, I I was involved to such a degree that I moved a staffer in my house. Um, wow. And then, so I was able to learn the ground rules, how, you know, how you, how you knock on doors, how you make phone calls, how everything adds up. And, um, and at the end of the day, um, how you're able to have an impact. Stay on the line, Elena. I want to talk more about this after the break. I'm Jacqueline James Friedman, and this is The Path to a Better Future on TalkZone.com. We'll be back with more right after this. You're on the path to a better future on TalkZone. Here's Jacqueline James Friedman. Welcome back to The Path to a Better Future with Jacqueline James Friedman on TalkZone.com. My guest is Elena from Florida, and she is talking about transitions. So, Elena, you decided to bring a staffer into your home. Yes. How did that impact your family? Um, I, uh, my family was... Uh, uh, they thought it was kind of funny, um, but uh, she became like uh, she was a young staffer. So I saw her as you know, as like my my son, you know, a young person that needed a place to stay, uh, for which we were working on a common goal, and uh, and I think it really was great because it gave me an insight into politics. Like my previous experience was, I just kind of worked, but I didn't even know. I didn't learn anything about the process. On this particular mm-hmm. instance, by having a staff at my house, we learn how to reach out to people, how to have conversations, how the phone calls are made. Um, so I learned about the whole concept of how to run a political campaign by having um, her at our house. Um, which gave me a great insight. And at the end of the day, we ended up developing a team of about 67 people that we became great friends, and we still remain great friends today. That's awesome. Did you have any idea what you were getting yourself into? No, not really. Actually, after the campaign ended, we ended up starting uh, community service for our community because I said, what am I going to do with this enthusiasm, this mix of youth and adults 
um, individuals desiring to make the world better. So we ended up doing that first year after that campaign. Uh, we did 800 hours of community service and started helping the community because um, everybody just wanted to remain engaged. And even nice. as of today, we're still friends, all of us. Beautiful. Um, When you started campaigning at that second level that you were heading towards, were you actually um, on the other side of anybody in your neighborhood that was pretty much uh, famous for campaigning out there? Actually, you know, there were two really cute events. One day I came to the house right before uh, the presidential election of 2008, and uh-huh. um, almost on election day, uh, they started putting signs all over the neighborhood. And then I remember that on our bylaws, it said that they weren't allowed to have signs. So I called the uh, um, the person in charge of the subdivision organization and said, you can't have signs, and if you guys don't take the signs down, I will put 50 signs. Um, but they took the signs down. Mm. And uh, uh, there is um, there is a, our a state house representative um, that was in line to be the speaker of the house used to live in my neighborhood in the state of Florida. And so, um, uh, so they, um, and my entire uh, neighborhood where I live, most of, most of the individuals just had, you know, there were mixed feelings, but, um, but, um, they were not necessarily perceived the world from my viewpoint. Okay. Did people think you were crazy taking on this task? Um, no, I think they might have thought that um, because at one point uh, somebody came up to me and asked me if I would consider running for office. And I initially okay. said that was very funny. And I said, but I don't know anything about running for office. And uh, mm-hmm. when I talked to my husband about it, um, he said, well, you know, it would really teach you something that you don't know and you love politics, so mm-hmm. you might as well try it. So I went ahead and um, signed up um, mm-hmm. to run for state house in the state of Florida um, mm-hmm. against uh, someone that was in line to be the speaker of the house. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was quite interesting. Who happened to also be my neighbor, and not only my neighbor, but someone that lived 300 feet away from me who had unlimited amount of resources as far as financial resources to get his message out. Okay, so already you are at a disadvantage. Right, right. Um, but, but you never looked at it like that. No, I looked at it as an opportunity to learn. Um, I thought that there could always be a miracle and I could possibly win. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, and I learned tremendously. Um, it was the um, the longest um, year. We worked nonstop for mm-hmm. hours, me and my team. And uh, but at the end of the day, we were very joyful about the result. At the end of the day, I was able to raise fifty thousand dollars. Twenty four thousand people voted for me, and he raised a million dollar and. 44,000 people voted for him. Oh, wow. Considering who he was and what he had and who I was and what I reached and what I gained, I feel that I did awesome. Yes, you did. And you feel so proud of yourself. It doesn't matter, like you said, that marathon uh, you walked the last 10 miles. It didn't matter who was going to win here, but you did win. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you took the time you were consistent, you followed through with a dream, and uh, you pursued it, and you believed in yourself. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So where did it go from then? After you realized, okay, I didn't quite win this, where (laughs) did you go from there? (laughs) Uh, Well, I continue um, doing my community outreach, and, you know, campaigns come. um, I ran for office in 2010, and 2012 was not too far around the corner, 
So um, I got ready to assist in the 2012 campaign um, for the president's reelection, and um, um, and I was able um, to. Um, um, there were a lot of people from Florida that were getting organized to figure out about how we were going to run the reelection, and um, and I was invited as a volunteer. Uh, to give my views and my thoughts, and and also based on the experiences I had gained by running for office. So um, when I did that, I made a commitment that I would be a volunteer once again for another presidential campaign for the president, mm-hmm. and um, and I did that for an entire like 2000 from the summer of 2011 to 2012 um, to election day on 2012. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the coolest things that happened um, is that because I was such a committed volunteer, um, at one point I was, uh, I really had only seen conventions, political conventions on TV. Um, mm-hmm. So I had a chance to compete and I was able to go to the Democratic Convention and be one of the delegates for the state of Florida. So that was just amazing and it was absolutely yeah that was such an exciting wonderful opportunity for someone that is trying to help a candidate and you um and to get there but the biggest of all the things came when they sent me a document that indicated that if i if we won florida based on all the efforts we had that i would be one of the 29 electoral votes that the president will have for winning Florida. And that meant that my name would be on the history book as having been a key player on that political campaign. And so what happened? We won. (laughs) My name is on the history book as as being able to... um, uh, to you know, being one of the individuals that helped the president become uh, winner of the, the Florida 29 electoral votes, but a really cool thing happened um, the week, like about two weeks before election. Um, everybody kept thinking I had met the president at different rallies and stuff, but I never got to talk to him. And I kept telling them all my volunteer work. I want a picture with the president, and. Um, and I want a chance to get to meet him. And, uh, and finally that day came when I was able to meet him. So it was such a, uh, oh. it was just such a joyful occasion for me. Somebody from the Dominican Republic with very humble beginnings. Yes. To have yes. a chance to meet and talk for one minute or maybe two <laughs> to the President of the United States. That's fantastic, Elena. Did you, Ever, ever envisage what your life would look like? No, I, I just, I just always felt that if you want something, you gotta go for it. Because mm-hmm. whether you get there or not, there's a lot of learning that will mm-hmm. take place. And mm-hmm. so, um, when I talked to the president, one of the things I said to him were two things. I said, he's passed shows individual that there is no limit to what a person that comes from humble beginnings can have if they work hard. The other thing is I express my appreciation for the commitment he's made to the military, um, and that was very touching to me. Um, So, But what was really neat about talking to the president is that when you talk to him and you try to make it that he's a big deal, he changes this and talks about you. He said to me when I told him I was thankful because children have the opportunity to look at life like that, he said, no, really, it's parents like you teaching them, leading them, um, that makes great kids that could one day be president. So it was really humbling to see that he doesn't want to take the credit, but rather share it with you as an individual. And and on that note, uh, how do your family view you? Um, My family, my husband is extremely supportive, and he's a professional. So I think that when you're a professional, it's easier for you to be able to deal with somebody that's 
always trying to reach new goals like me, mm. somebody enthusiastic about life. Um, but he's, um, he's very fulfilled professionally, so it doesn't, um, it doesn't, he doesn't feel threatened by it. Okay. And, uh, so he's very supportive because he knows that, um, I believe in making communities better. I believe in mentoring youth because I feel that those were the venues that taught me to be so driven and that I got to give back and share it with so many because that's the way we can keep the world being better. And how do your children look at you? Uh, my children look at me as very driven, and I think, and they, <laughs> you know, I have a teenager that's uh, that's uh, 16, uh, who's right now at the Air Force Academy at an internship, so uh, right. she's very driven herself, and my son understands that I believe individuals need to work hard and yes. follow their own path, regardless of what those paths may be, and he's 26, he's still pursuing um, his uh, goals, um, but he is very happy that he is developing his own path. Beautiful. Uh, stay on the line, Elena, because I'd like to talk a little bit more about how such a driven parent, uh, what are what are the messages that they give to their own children, okay? So we're going to take a short break. I'm Jacqueline James Friedman, and this is The Path to a Better Future on TalkZone.com. We'll be back with more right after this. Let's return to Jacqueline James Friedman for more of The Path to a Better Future on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to The Path to a Better Future with Jacqueline James Friedman on TalkZone.com. My guest is Elena from Florida, and we are talking about transitions so, Elena, just before the break, I wanted to find out what are the messages that you give your children from an individual who is highly motivated and has been extremely successful? Um, I, um, I tell them that um, you have to set goals and you have to set your dreams, uh, that no one is going to knock on your door and tell you, you know, this is the way you do it, um, but mm-hmm. that, you know, we learn the most on difficult moments. So maybe mm-hmm. when we didn't get an A on the class, um, mm-hmm. it may be the moment that you learn the most um, because your pursuit allowed you to do that. Um, I also believe that I'm, I'm very thankful about having had amazing mentors and friends that were willing to guide me. So mm-hmm. I make it a point that uh, mentoring youth is just part of what I do. And it's not work. It's not a bad thing. I love doing it because I feel that so many have mentored me and helped me become the person I am today. So I like sharing it with them. Yeah, that's nice actually to, to be able to give back. Um, what, what is the plan now? Cause I almost feel like you've done everything. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> what are you going to come um, out I, with I am, now? <laughs> I'm still, you know, I don't know. Um, where I'm going to go with uh, politics. Mm-hmm. Um, I am called upon um, of many local candidates whenever they have a campaign. Uh, they usually reach out to me, and uh, they know that I'm a valuable asset and that I do it for free if I believe on the cause. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to continue to do that. I am uh, looking forward to you know, my daughter going to college and having a new transition in life where my husband and I are focusing more on us. Right. Um, but at the same time, I have, a, you know, great intention of continuing to be involved in causes or issues that make my surrounding better. And whether I haven't decided or ruled it out whether or not I'm ever going to run for office in the future, one of the things that is required for you to run for office is you have to be a very good fundraiser. You have okay. to ask for money. And I had a very difficult time with that. Uh, mm. To me, asking for money, it just seems such a foreign concept. 
it just seemed like a difficult concept for me to overcome. Um, but you need um, to find a way to raise funds so that you can get the message out and that right. you are able to serve the community. So while I believe that I would be a good representative in many different venues, um, I'm just, I just have to get better at the fundraising, and that's just something that, that I will have to learn. Okay. And, and something that you would like to do? Do you really want to do this? I'm not sure. I'm not okay. sure. At times I think that as much as I would like to serve, um, that the fundraising just seems like I, I struggle with it. I struggle with the concept as much as I do um, just the actual doing it. It just it just seems too foreign of a concept to me um, to ask people for money um, to run a campaign. But mm. I understand that it has to be done if you want to be able to get your message out because it's very difficult. Um, and like most people have no idea, those little flyers that you get on the mail right before election are mm. very expensive. I had enough money to send out one of them to 50,000 households in my district, and it cost me $17,000. So most wow. people take it, look at it, throw it out. <laughs> right, and right. It's, uh, it's a very, uh, it's a very expensive, uh, you know, if you want to do TV commercial for political reason, like most people don't know, it costs like about $10,000. Um, and, uh, a funny story is we had a donor when I was running for office that was willing to record a TV commercial for me for mm-hmm. 30 seconds. And we got the cable station to run the commercial for a thousand dollars. But we just had 30 seconds, so the commercial was, hi, my name is this, I'm trying to tell you this, blah, 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 but we only had 30 seconds. <laughs> so it was quite funny. <laughs> so it's also very expensive to pursue this career. Yes, yes, it is. Um, but um, so that, those are the things that I struggle with when I think about running. I believe on helping candidates. And um, mm-hmm. like I said, I am someone in my state that is unknown for assisting other candidates that are running. So in many instances, I'm being called upon to help in many different campaigns. And um, um, and the people in the Dominican Republic, my friends, um, they think I know the president. I right. met the president, but I don't really know the president. <laughs> right, right. But it was a... An unbelievable privilege um, for someone with such humble beginnings like mine. Absolutely. To have the chance to meet the President of the United States. It's such an inspiring story. And um, you know what's really, really good about this? I finally found something about you, Elena, where you, you're struggling and you're continuing to struggle with the fundraising. There, there is absolutely no holding you down. There really isn't. So, and, and I also believe that if you do continue to take it a step further, that you are going to find those solutions to overcome that if you decide that's where you want to go. Right. So I, I know you're going to find your answers here. So, um, whichever way it goes, I know you're going to be just fine. Well, um, you. no, you're welcome. Um, and it's the truth. Does your husband ever feel like he just wants to put you in a box and hide you there for a little bit? Because you're just always busy, energetic. How does he keep you stable? <laughs> How does well, he do that? Um, he does, um, but he knows um, that my energy comes from... Um, my interaction with people and causes. And so he's very understanding. However, we do have set date nights. And uh, that's something that whether I'm doing a campaign or not, Fridays are date night and are our days. And we totally believe on going on vacations, just the two of us. And we totally value our time together and we make sure that we make time for each other um, because we believe we are much better parents when we are a great couple. 
And right. um, and if one day anything ever happened to him, I tell him all the time, I say, you know, I feel so blessed to have had a partner like you um, that has helped me grow in the areas that I didn't know, that has been supportive in so many ways. And I said, so I found my soulmate, and I'm blessed to have had him. And I said, and if anything ever happened to you, I would just, feel that I have been so complete in so many ways that that I would just not even want to reach that part anymore because I feel so blessed. Right. And that is a blessing. It really is. Um, you know, what's the last message that you would want to give out there to, to possible listeners listening in about... Okay pursuing your dreams and just going for it regardless. Yes, what I would say is um, don't let obstacles um, stop you from pursuing your goals and dreams. Um, Obstacles are part of the process that make you stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, And we learn on the obstacle, on the difficult moments so many times more than we do when we see, when we find an an easy path. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just the way life is in general. And you would value, um, you know, those learning uh, moments uh, just as much. You know, yes, it's good to reach your goal. Yes, it's good to to have the, hap- you know, it would have been great to win, but I mm-hmm. learned so much anyway. You know, yes, it would have been, um, you know, uh, like, Whatever it is that you're doing, when I was pursuing my education, you know, and uh, the math classes were really hard, I wouldn't want to get an A, but I ended up with a C, and sometimes mm-hmm. I got a B. So for me, that B was huge because it wasn't a subject that I wasn't particularly good at. So, right. you know, so take those moments to, um, to learn. And um, and to learn from, you know, when I got a divorce, I chose to look at it as it was a learning time, a time that I learned what I didn't want in a relationship um, and how to pursue what I really wanted. And I was blessed to be able to find a partner that was willing to work with me. And that's, um, you know, so that's what we need to do. Don't waste too much time focusing on the limitations. Turn it into, let me look at the opportunities and the way to make things better. Thank you very, very much, Elena, for your superb, inspiring account um, of your life and, and how what the outcomes were and the solutions that you took. I believe that you're a winner. I've always seen you as a winner. And uh, for everyone listening in, we've been speaking with Elena from Florida. Thank you so, so much for taking your time out and sharing your story and joining us today. That's all for this week's show. I'll be back next week at the same time. Thank you for listening to Path to a Better Future with Jacqueline James Friedman on TalkZone.com.